Women Making Waves. But it is, it's, it's lonely when you don't know what you're going to cook that night. <laughs> lonely. <laughs> really? Well, oh, yeah. I wonder what you're like as a cook, actually. Because hmm. I think the last time I was I your house, it was, it was catered. <laughs> Yes, it was. But it I don't get answered. So, you know, you weren't handing out the homemade scones, were you? There were that, a lot of people there, to be fair. No, no. The funniest thing is we bought these chocolate brownies in a shop, but we put them on a plate and then we served them. <laughs> people were asking us what the recipe was mm. and it got to such a big lie that I couldn't get out and say that actually it wasn't me that cooked them. It was so somebody else but I got to that moment where some of our guests were saying oh these are fantastic can I have the recipe and with that I did not have the guts to say actually they're not mine I went oh yes of course I'll go and find them for you but I couldn't find the recipe because you could make, make up them. a recipe fast enough you mean no 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 <laughs> but you love cooking though Linda don't you so that's only, it's only at times you see mm. I'm not I'm not exactly dishing up fabulous homemade meals the whole time. I do make soup though quite a lot in the winter and yeah. I you know, just pop things in, in slow cooker in the morning. I mean this morning I did that. You know I, I, I popped in some frozen vegetables mixed veg, lentils and some boiling water and a stock cube, put the lid on, walked away ready by lunchtime. Oh, you see that is and it was delish as well. That is a cool way to do things. When you can it get is. when you can make something like that and it doesn't take forever no in the effort. kitchen. That yeah. is my That's kind of good cooking. One. Really yeah. lovely outcome zero effort or next to yeah. zero effort I'm afraid yeah. that's that, that's me um, I did once have a dinner party though where I invited people at you my just had crowd. once just once, once well Linda. I think this this rather put me off because um, <laughs> I invited everybody from work and I'd been talking about this red dragon pie which was a vegetarian pie that I made from a dookie beans so anyway they said oh what you have to have us round and give us this red dragon pie so I made my red dragon pie and then they all came round and I I suddenly thought, oh, there's six of them. And I've only made just my normal red dragon pie that I would make for two. So, <laughs> so I, you I had was to divide it. Meanly, yes. I, I took meanly. Hardly any, hardly, I took about a teaspoon myself <laughs> just so they knew it wasn't poisoned. And then I kind of divided it amongst the six of them. So, and there was a little bit of salad, but there's only a little bit of salad as well. Do, 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 do you think behind behind your back they might have called you something like Scrooge? Back. It wasn't behind my back. That was the problem. They all looked at their plates and went, is that it? <laughs> and they all started talking about chip shops on the way home. Did you not realise when, no. when you brought the stuff over? So you didn't realise that there were five people? No, or I, rather... I realised when it came to dishing it up. It hadn't really occurred to me up until then. <laughs> <laughs> I was young. And I was young. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was okay. All right. Big excuse. Time, first time I'd had a bunch of people over, but it was they, they were they were harsh. Were they impressed with what they could taste, even if it was a taste of meal? Oh, yes. I think that made it worse. <laughs> Because they enjoyed it. Oh, really, no. That mouthful was really tasty. Pity that there wasn't a second one, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We've got some good guests coming up today who wouldn't do that. They certainly wouldn't. <laughs> no. So we're meeting today Louise Palmer Masterton, who is the CEO 
of Stem and Glory. Stem and Glory is a fantastic vegan restaurant. They're very well known in Cambridge, but they've now expanded to London. And I think they're going to do really, really well. Fabulous restaurant. You've been to this restaurant, haven't mm, you, Linda? I have. But we're so looking forward to talking to Louise. And then, of course, just to sort of accompany your taste buds and your thoughts about eating, wherever you're going to eat, who's next on the guest list, Linda? Well, we've got Gabby Reniero and Annabelle Jones, who run Bubbly Bandits, which is a wine company. Great name. When you organised this uh, little get-together with Gabby and Annabelle, I was just in seventh heaven. The thought of talking about wine for a while was just amazing. (laughs) What could be better? What could be better? You're listening to Women Making Waves radio show and podcast, brought to you by Susie Thorpe and Linda Ness. This show is all about women doing extraordinary things. Our guests today are founders Gabby Renera and Annabelle Jones, who run Bubbly Bandits. Now, this is a relatively new company, and its aim is to provide a very special sparkling wine and all in Italian style as well. Now, both Gabby and Annabelle, who originally met while living in Italy a few years ago, are now based in Cambridge. Gabby, though, spends a lot of time in her family's hometown in Italy, making important decisions on which wine to import. Hi, Gabby and Annabelle. Welcome to Women Making Waves. Hi. Hi, Hi, now you two are really, really making waves here and it's fantastic to have you on the show. Why start a wine company? It all began over a pint of beer. I should say (laughs) wine, but it started with a pint of beer. I was drinking wine. I was drinking wine. I was was the beer girl. And Annabelle and I just met up the first times we could actually get out of the house under the COVID restrictions. We just wanted to do something that would link us back to our very good times in Italy and bring something hopefully new and exciting to England. So we just thought that obviously the food and wine field was very attractive and uh, where we have some experience. And we just started thinking of what that something special could be. And we thought, well, Sparkly sounds very interesting, and we focus on a particular type of sparkling wine, which is this Durello sparkling wine, which isn't on the English market or hasn't been till we got there, at least, or that's our aim. <laughs> and things just evolved and moved on from there. Isn't that right, Annabelle? Yeah, exactly. You know, I've always had connections to the wine trade, the wine industry mainly through my father and for the company that I work for which is a bonded warehouse who you know all the customers are wine and spirits companies it's still a very predominantly male dominated section and you know we just thought right okay we two ladies are gonna bring this beautiful bubbly that we enjoyed in the bars of Verona to the UK so that's what we're doing. Oh, that sounds tremendous. I was thinking when you were saying that, oh, we were sitting there drinking. We, we thought that it would be quite a good idea to start a wine company. And you obviously, or one or both of you, do have experience in this because I wouldn't know. I'd love to start a wine company. Probably a bad idea because I'd drink most of the, um, the imports. But it, it would, um, I wouldn't know where to start. So you, you clearly have experience behind you. 
Well, um, I'm an attorney and I've been uh, in and out uh, companies and managing uh, all sorts of issues in the past 30 years or so. So the idea of opening up a company wasn't at all scary. What with Annabelle's experience as well, we thought that that was actually, we could say the easy side to it. And so that wasn't at all an issue to us. So we were quite confident that that was going to be straightforward and not particularly complicated. And with the connections that we had in the wine field in Italy as well, the friends we have also in the wineries, we thought, you know, let's just add this all up and try. And I think that's how many things should start, you know, yeah. like relationships. Let's try, you know, we like the idea, we like each other, let's do it. And Annabelle and I have known each other for so long and have been through so much together that it just seemed like a natural thing to do now that we were both and are both in Cambridge. It just seemed to be like, you know, a sign from the universe. Our kids were at the same, well, Annabelle's got four children, I've got three, I mean, seven kids between the two of us. And um, our two elder children, yes, they were in the same classes in Italy, in the International School in Verona. And quite funnily, we found out that they were in the same class, well, at least our second two, were in the same class in Cambridge in the IB uh, school. And we thought, oh, my goodness, isn't that weird? Isn't that (laughs) sort of like a sign? Mm. So we started hanging out again. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's how it all evolved, I guess. So back to your to your question, Linda, and your observation. I don't know. It just came sort of like natural and obviously having experience in the wine section and in the, uh, how can I say? Generally in business um, as well. Yeah. Businesses, yeah, yeah. Gabby and Annabelle, so you say you're very confident about starting a business, which is fantastic because everyone gets that stage, aren't they? When they have a great idea, they know the right people. They obviously, you obviously, as you said, good friends. When you started it, did you hit challenges quite early on or did you find that things were have moved quite swiftly I mean I suppose what I'm trying to say is two women starting a wine company that's quite rare isn't it yeah there have been challenges not because we're women I have to say but there have been a lot of challenges you know there's a lot of bureaucracy involved which we maybe didn't realize at the time we sort of like right okay let's just you know bring some wine over to the UK but you need an AWRS wholesaler license to do that so I did all that boring paperwork excuse me HM <laughs> RC but yeah it was boring paperwork things crop up on a day-to-day basis that you don't realize but you know it's easy to overcome those issues and deal with them but yeah it, it, it's evolved a lot from us sitting in a bar saying let's just bring over some wine to Italy to actually you know mm. making it reality <laughs> Yeah, I'd say that maybe the most the, the difficult part is the um, challenge that you face when you approach wineries in right. Italy. They tend to be run by, you know, the family run wineries and they're lovely people um, and they make amazing products. But the women that are involved just in recent times have been involved in the actual production. Usually they or either dedicated to the marketing or, you know, to not the actual production of the wine. But now more and more women are involved directly and it's becoming quite, I'm not saying popular, but it's, it's more common to actually have to deal with women 
I'd say the difficult part was trying to convince the wineries that we're not just two crazy girls that live in England and like drinking and want to, you know, do something <laughs> exciting apart from true. taking care of yeah. children. Yeah, I mean, we obviously do enjoy it, but that's not the point. And we're happy that, you know, we've already placed our first orders and it's happened in a very short time. So they're looking at us now with different eyes thinking, oh, hold on, maybe these two women have got more connections than we thought. And here in England, it's, I mean, having the both the perspective as well from the Italian side and the British side. I must say that we haven't really had that many difficulties. We've been welcomed everywhere and it's been very pleasant, to be honest. So fingers crossed things will carry on this way I'm so pleased to hear that I mean mm. that's wonderful it really really is when you start any business as I said it's really hard work and it's mm. I mean it's 24 7 in many ways isn't it when you when you're starting a new company oh absolutely and you have to dedicate time uh, literally at the beginning it was more of a okay yes I have to do that for bubbly okay I will now it's literally okay Monday is bubbly bandits Tuesday is bubbly bandits Wednesday is attorney, Thursday is attorney, Friday is bubbly bandit. It's more <laughs> dedicating entire days to the actual activity. Being a linguist, is that quite helpful too? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, when you approach the wineries in Italy, if they hear that you speak Italian mm. like they do, then obviously they welcome you in a different way. Because the English of most of the people that work in the wineries isn't that good so even if you wanted to communicate in English it would be a bit difficult yeah because Italy is divided into regions as I'm sure most people know and um, uh, every region and every city in the regions has dialects which differ from each other so if you really want to get in touch and connect in a familiar way in a family manner you have to know at least understand part of the dialect and also speak their language um, and Italian in order to be able to communicate properly which doesn't mean that you can't if you only speak English but you know it, it helps you're lot, the yeah. foreigner yeah you're the foreigner yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. You're, just the foreigner. As a, you're not one of us mm. yeah just as an example Gabby said yesterday oh you know one of our wineries or oh, they've created this whatsapp group and you know Gabby was the one who met them when she was over initially so I wasn't in the group so you know she said oh she then sent them a message saying please add you know my partner Annabelle to the group and the first message that came in Italian was like mm. can we communicate in Italian <laughs> so that, yeah. I, was like, I was like yeah sure we can but that was like proof yeah. that you know it makes life a lot easier if you can speak yeah. the, the language I've got to ask the question because of course this is a thing that springs to my mind do you get to go out and actually taste the wine in Italy is is that part of the really difficult job you know going out and actually oh, sampling so oh, oh I know so my heart bleeds. it's so tiring I know not only do we have to do the tasting but um you sometimes get to a point when when they hear that you are importing sparkling wine in England they've actually got to a point when the wineries just send up samples just for the sake of you know please try it and if you approve then maybe we can we can talk business and it's not as simple as that really I mean it's nice it's pleasant but you know you need to do some pairing with food as well and also getting to know the winery I mean the wineries that we represent we know personally we know their history we know what the actual product is all about so you know there's also time that you have to dedicate in studying the product itself it's not just popping bottles and drinking 
Um, how friendly or how helpful is the wine industry in respect to you coming into this industry? Is it a very, very competitive industry? It's very competitive, but there's lots of people out there who are interested in new products. This is a niche product. And I really think there's a lot of people in Britain who want something different. You know, everybody's mm. fed up a Prosecco. People might even be fed up a champagne or can't afford it. People have shown a huge interest, more interest than we sort of expected um, mm. with this product. And everybody we've been to visit, every person who's had a tasting with us has been very friendly, very welcoming, very interested in this product that we have to offer. Yeah, because there's kind we of two had... sides to this, isn't there? There's the finding the product at one side and yeah. the people that are creating it. And then on the other side, you've got to find the customers who are going to be buying it. So it's two very, very distinct sides to this, isn't there? Well, yes, there's also another aspect that when you do find the right winery, they're not all willing to send up big amounts of samples because it implies a cost, obviously. Yeah. So you have to be very convincing and, uh, and prove that you've got you know, some sort of market in the UK. But to be honest, there have been situations in which, you know, we've tried to approach possible clients in England and we've been rejected saying, oh, no, we have to talk this, talk about this next year or, mm -hmm. no, we're not interested in, you know, the safety rules and we haven't got time for this. I mean, luckily, they're not as many as the people that have confirmed and are willing to try. But we have had, you know, the occasional refusal, which is part of the deal, which is, you know, something that has to happen. And we're more than happy and um, we're not going to give up. We have to be very determined, like in any any kind of business, you know, smiley, determined and not give up. Yeah. So we're two wise old bandits. <laughs> I wondered what you were going to say, what other adjectives you were going to add in that sentence. We're all, we're all on the edge of our seats for a minute there. <laughs> Let's just talk about the wine tasting itself as well. Obviously, you have a lot of experience in this now and you get the clients and then you get, obviously, as Linda was saying, you get the customers too. What makes a good wine tasting session? And do you still have the spit buckets in the middle is that something that you would do for a wine tasting evening for clients no basically no. So, uh, <laughs> nah. i've been to many wine tastings uh, wine merchants that's the old-fashioned okay yeah. let's say a bit foggy which we are not at all we're bubbly bandits and <laughs> there's usually like just an empty water glass on the table because that's what mm. generally people might want like the proper spittoon doesn't happen on our tasting it's not you know and there are plenty of people who have left you know quite a lot in the glass but uh, we you know we try and provide as many glasses anyway of each of the different products and um generally people have finished the glasses but you know that's that's that's, also that's, just where, that's the people yeah. who we're going for you know not putting mm. down very prosh you know fine wine agents who have very expensive you know, French wines for thousands of pounds, that's a completely different story. You know, we're talking about bottles for, you know, 20, 30 pounds. So, you know, we can easily, you know, finish that bottle and people are happy to finish that bottle. And Bubbly and Bandits, we... what a great name. That is a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? Actually, my second son, James. Who it. <laughs> Literally, it was like, James, JJ, he's called, well, James, we call him JJ. So, JJ, we really need to find a, a cool name for this company. 
and within sort of a couple of minutes says what about bubbly bandits perfect <laughs> But then we actually Googled it and I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. there was like, there was a newspaper <laughs> article about these thieves who had stolen some champagne. I was like, oh my gosh, does this really look champagne. good? We yeah. were like, oh, we don't mind. Yeah, no, we love that name. So, yeah. 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 And now about the glasses themselves. Now, this is a really important aspect. Mm. So the glass, I think, is still a quite an old school thing, isn't it? Not many people realise that you need a certain mm. style glass. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can I say my bit on this, Annabelle? Yeah, you know, go I'm for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm very picky as far as glasses are concerned. Yeah. Yes. Um, if we can, we bring our own glasses, which isn't always possible, of course. But um, Durello um, needs to be tasted from more like the red wine kind of glass because it needs a bed to rest in before you carry on the tasting or you finish the glass. So uh, I can't. So I wouldn't say lazy kind of sparkly, but it's a. I, I'd like to think of it as a rather sophisticated kind of sparkly, and you know, it needs time to be looked at and appreciated and and tasted in uh, in good time. So the glass is very important. Can I just add to that? It's like so that's one thing that I've noticed. So if you say to somebody, right, we're coming along, and it's a sparkling wine tasting. They're immediately oh you know we have this many champagne flutes and we're like no mm. you don't want the mm. champagne flutes we nice, need a but... big a big open you know wine glass and um, so yeah it's intriguing that people think a sparkly wine has to be in a champagne flute yeah not the case mm. at all with Dorello you're sort of enlightening people and clients as to how to drink it and when to drink it and how much to drink do you do you give sort of an example of how to drink it with certain types of food as well the thing is with Dorello it's actually quite good with most things for sure we have a very wide variety so we have a, a slightly sweeter they're all very dry let's just put that there's not there's not a sweet Dorello they're all very dry but we have one that's very slightly sweeter so that's the one like um I don't know if you know Pandoro which is like the Christmas cake that they eat in Verona yeah. which is the area you know and so we're sort of this our pony giallo which is our slightly sweeter but not at all sweet one you know we're suggesting that people have that with Pandoro and um because it's a sparkling wine it it goes very well like all of our range you know with fish seafood uh, funny enough, me and Gabby, we did a tasting of a, another sparkling wine on Monday where they did a wine pairing. And it was, you know, that was an interesting learning curve, mm. so to speak, for us, the things they produce with these other sparkling wines. So, yeah, that's the thing we'll be working on. I mean, so far, generally, when we do a tasting, we just have some of the Grana Padano, which is the cheese, you know, from that area as well, which is like Parmigiano, you know, a very mature you know, hard cheese and crackers, but it, it, it's a pretty, you know, good wine to go over everything. Like I said, we have, that's very generalized because we have a large range going from very, very dry to slightly sweeter from the cheaper ones to the expensive ones. So the more expensive wines you, you know, compare more to a champagne and perhaps have with your oysters and things like that. But that's, that's the next stage that we want to mm. get into is doing like, you know, the food and wine pairing events. 
But we learned something very interesting when we went to the wine tasting in London, and um, which actually really struck me, is that you tend to focus on the fact that Durello is drunk with, you know, Italian pasta, Italian food. In actual fact, when you import it to England, you have to take into account all the various cultural contaminations in the food that there are. So you compare Durello with any kind of food. I mean, when the tasting we went to, there was like a, a curry risotto. And that's, a, that's something that you wouldn't find wow. in Italy. Mm. Um, and <laughs> that's point. very interesting. I found that, you know, from a cultural and an international point of view, very, very important. So the pairing is important with the Italian culture, but it can't be limited to that because yeah. that's not the environment that we're selling it in. How can people get hold of this or can they? Are you selling to outlets rather than general public? We at the moment are only wholesalers, so we can only sell to wine merchants, bars, restaurants. But Gabby and I have actually signed up for a course in January to do our own personal license. So when we get that, we can then sell to the general public directly, you know, maybe start online. But that's that's the future of next year. So, yeah, at the moment, it has to be done through a third party. So we have two wine merchants in Cambridge who have not yet placed their order, but we're <laughs> elbowing them along. So once they've signed up, we will obviously publicise where you can go and get your Dorello and um, you know, working on many more wine merchants. At the moment, it would have to be for a third party. You can't buy it directly from Bubbly Bandits. It sounds like you two are really, you know, fantastically confident and you really want this business to run really well. And also it's very exciting. You're bringing new wines in to mm. the UK and it's wonderful. And as two women, I have to say, I'm jolly proud of both of you. I think it's wonderful oh, that you're thank doing you. this. That's yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank We're you. amazed at ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has, we sort of had the first discussion that was last September, September 2020. And maybe we sort of started, you know, actually doing things in sort of April, May time. Mm, and for it yeah. to have got this far in such a short amount of time, you know, mm, we're actually quite I'm proud of proud. ourselves if, we, yeah, if we're allowed yeah. to say that kind of thing. But no. yeah. You're definitely allowed to say that kind of thing. Mm. And you have to have fun in what you're doing. You know, Annabelle and I enjoy it. We have fun. We enjoy getting new ideas. And I mean, if you look at our WhatsApp, our chats, it's got, I don't know how many messages that Annabelle will see the day after probably and then answer me the day after. And I do the same because we've got other things to do at the same time. But it's it's just fun. You know, it's, we, we like it. We really do. And even when samples come in, you know, the first thing that we would do is ring each other. So, oh my goodness, you know, this other spark has just come in. When are we going to meet up to try it? Because we don't like the idea of not sharing the new tasting, the new experience. And then, then we decide whether it's a sparkly that could be interesting for the English market. And if it is, then we put all our efforts into it and offer it in the wine tasting. Thank you very much, Gabby Renera and Annabel Jones from Bobby Band. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today from both Linda and I. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.